You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. That, and we're live. Welcome back. Thank you for hanging out with us. Big Tech has not canceled us yet. We are live on the air. Episode 383 of the IT in the D Show Broadcasting Live from our quarantined homes. This is Bob the Sales Guy. That is Dave the Geek. Randy, I do the censored internet name, is doing the censored internet name. Right. You can't, you can't say that word anymore. Find us online at itnd.com where you can find all the things. Give us a like on the socials and subscribe to us everywhere. Fine podcasts are sold. Uh, yeah, and hey, we uh, we have uh, there. There's still no events, although uh, I mean, we might as well dive right right in because one of the stories that we're going to talk about may have some impact on this. Uh, allegedly, uh, things are going to relax a little bit on February first. Um, we are looking at doing a free podcast day that first weekend of the month, assuming everything happens the way it's supposed to happen and things go. Um, to some degree, we're going to see how it goes. Uh, and who knows? Maybe, maybe after a year, we'll be able to have an event here again. Uh, yeah, I, my little birdie was wrong last week, so I apologize, deeply apologize for anyone that got their hopes up. I think go to their corner bars this weekend. So, oh yeah, last weekend, yeah. Yeah, another uh, another two weeks of suspense. Was I, did the groundhog see its shadow, or like I guess, or I guess I'm not sure how to do it. Did the groundhog get its takeout order? Maybe that's how that works. Maybe someone <laughs> has to get paid off. Um, <laughs> who knows? You know how that all that stuff works. I um, do, unfortunately. Yeah. I want to start with the bomb because if you have been following anything that's going on in big, big tech, it's getting a little it's getting a little nutty. Um, the stuff that's going on, and I just like to read um, read this quick tweet. I said it. I shouldn't have, but it's. I, do we can. Can we beep that out? By the way, is that that's our new four letter word? That's we're not going to say. We're not going to say the uh, the things anymore. The, the TW word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ahead of the Ugandan election, we're hearing reports that internet service providers are being ordered to block social media and messaging apps. We strongly condemn internet shutdowns that are hugely harmful, violate basic human rights, and the principles of the hashtag Open Internet. Yeah. As they shut down 70,000 accounts, I think it's up to more now. Um, so here's the best part. Um, you know, Internet sleuths, as they are sleuthy, and, and, you know, they go digging and they find things. They are sleuthing? They're sleuthing, and they go find things. Um, look, shall we go through a few of them, by the way? Um, hashtag kill cops, hashtag death to cops. Hundreds and thousands of, of accounts and that hashtag being used. Um, hashtag death to hashtag kill the insert your favorite race or religion or creed or color and thousands and tens of thousands of accounts and hashtags being used everywhere um, that are still active and still being used and nothing, you know, I'm just saying, um, you know, when I talk about consistency, I don't mind if you do that, but you have to do this. Like you can't, when you're picky choosy, you make you don't make friends. Like you, you make people do stuff. Well, I mean, it's like, it's like we were just talking about with the health department and and all of the you know the is it outdoor seating? Is it not outdoor seating? Yep. Is it open? Is it not open? Is it safe? Is it not safe? Is it this? Is it that? Um, well, let me eat at the airport in the casino if I can't eat at my corner diner. Right. Like either do or you don't. And, and this is the same situation where you pull if you want to pull the plug on all threats. Cool, go do it. 
but I think, you know, I think I'm going to go back to last week and I'm going to up my number. I was, I think that the, 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 the uh, person that was banned from Twitter, that from the TW word, I slipped. (laughs) You can't do it. I think it was over a million reports a tweet. I want to say at minimum. Yeah, I think I I know I had read half a million. I don't I don't know if it I hit that. I said a half a million yeah. last week, and I upped that from a quarter million. But I'm like I think I'm up to a million. Um, and then he, what's the whoever the CEO name of that unnamed company uh, was caught on tape saying we're concentrating on one account and this, we're just at the beginning. So I mean, it's like this this it's weird. It's a weird thing going on right now. GoDaddy dropped AR15.com. Oh, I hadn't heard that. That's interesting. Like GoDaddy's doing it now. Um, so it's kind of like, is there, you know, are they going to have to pull up and go get a, start an ISP in the Cayman Islands? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, or they'll just go where Parlor has now gone, um, where, you know, Gab went. Where did they go? Uh, I forget what the name of the provider is, but it's. Uh, it's the same host that's hosting like Gab. And yeah, it's, it's the same one. I just don't remember the name. Um, Epic or something like that. Yeah, it might be Epic. Like yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's, and, and that's the thing. I mean, there are options out there. Um, and, and I think I've, I've seen it posted a couple times now and, and it kind of says it best where, you know, if, if, if no one in the world wants your money, you might be the problem. <laughs> that's something to really seriously consider. Dude, it's five companies. This isn't like no one in the world. It's five companies. So, okay. I mean, well, like in the case of Parler, you know, you're you're backed by a dude with kajillions of dollars. I mean, this is a little private pet project. Go build it. If you're that committed, go build your own Amazon Web Services. Go do. Have fun. Yeah. No, I think they said they were going to. It's, it's cool, and and uh, you know, and that's you know, more power to you. You know, if if there's truly, uh, you know, and that's and I, my my point comes back to what what they got shut down for. Like Twitter has, I did it again, has far surpassed by the thousands of the things that were said. I I get it, but I mean, to their point you know at at some point in time the, the internet's a big place you know and and it's you know one of those things where you know, okay let's let's tackle you know it's it's triage you know let's tackle the worst problem that we can first um and then maybe move on to other things you know if once that's handled i mean so i mean i'm not i'm not saying you're wrong because i mean you're right i mean consistency is is a very key thing but i understand I mean, you know, you look at all the reports that, you know, fake news and, and you know, these bullshit conspiracy theory articles and that kind of crap are down 70% since they banned them. You know, so, okay, maybe that really is a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. Again, you know, I, you know, I don't want to see that shit spread either. Like, you know, stupid memes and dumb, you know. So, like I said, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's. It, I, I, I understand and respect the balancing act that they try to walk. I'll put it that way. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's a very, it's a very hard precedent right now because right now you and a bunch of people are cheering and you're saying yay because it's not you. But what happens when it's you? Do you follow what I'm saying? No, I, I get the they came for whoever and then I cheered because it wasn't me. I, I, I get that. But, you know, I, <laughs> there's a lot of people neenering and there's a lot of people. You know, because see, this is how stupid it's getting. Now you have a, a ISP in Idaho 
That's like I'm gonna block Facebook and Twitter. So, uh, okay, so that was that's an interesting one. I was actually talking with somebody about that last week. So they they issued a press release saying they were going to block Facebook and Twitter. Um, and then they backed off that because of net neutrality uh, carrier laws, rules, and regulations. Um, and so they said, well, okay, no. Well, now we're only going to block it for people that request that we block it. Well, if you're going to request that they block it, why don't you just not effing go there? Just not uh, go there, yeah. And, and then, then they backed off even that, and they're not blocking it from their actual customers, only their free public Wi-Fi. So, so you're sitting in your home. Fine, you're at the coffee shop. You can't get to. That's like that's like <coughs> me announcing I'm banning mushrooms, and that's like people in Michigan last year saying they're banning Chick Fil A when there isn't one within a thousand miles. Right. Great, go ban it. Right. That's yeah, exactly. Ban. Just just don't go. It's you know, but I mean that's the. You know, that's and this, oh, we, you know, we were flooded with requests by customers to ban it. No, 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 you weren't. No, let's, I mean, first off, you're in rural Idaho and <laughs> you don't have, I'm Idaho. hey, hey, it's right, Utaho. Uh, so no, 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 you were not banned. Um, yeah, not, not, yeah. It's just, this is going to be interesting to follow and watch because, like, again, when you have, I don't want to say they're colluding, but they're all in cahoots um, to, like, ban the people they don't like and again it's like i you know see i mean i dude i'll I'll even take it a step further i i don't think you're looking at it through the proper lens it's not that they're banning someone that they don't like it's that they're damn well they are very well aware that section 230 is going to come under review this year and so they are and that's the you know the whole that's the that's the legislation that says um you know you as a carrier are protected from you know the content that your users post on your networks that kind of stuff so it's a shield for the facebooks the twitters the whoever of the world um and they're damn well and good aware, aware that that's going to come under review this year and so they are all i would say trying to line up on the side of the incoming administration so that they look good to them since it is them or it is they who will be doing that review and doing that process and doing, you know, whatever tweaks or changes come to mind. You know, what every corporation does. Exactly. They've been doing it since Reagan. Exactly. So, I mean, it's a, but I, but I think honestly, I, I, I truly like, I, I have very little doubt that that's the case. And, and so that, you know, that's why they're focusing where they're focusing because well number well number one it's an easy let's be honest it's an it's an he's an easy goddamn target at this point I mean he's basically I mean he's made it I'm mean, like can can you really like was there anybody really shocked and appalled that they went no more you're done what like was anybody really appalled really or or I guess or shocked when when Trump got kicked off Twitter when Trump no, got no, nobody was. yeah was anybody really shocked that that happened. Um, so yeah, pushing the, he's been pushing their buttons since the day he started. Out exactly. And, and more to the point, when you're on a platform, you probably shouldn't continuously threaten the platform. You know, I mean, that's, that's just good common sense that no, but see again, though, do you ban, do you block, <laughs> tw- do you blow Twitter out because you had a, you had some bad, you know, you blow the platform out. That's kind of my thing with parlor, even though I never used it. Um, if you got people on there posting insightful riot shit, mean and violent shit great you freaking prosecute them and and you know um but the issue was the whole platform parlor was not moderating those users <laughs> like that and so right that's why their hosts but well no so that there was a there was a twofold issue one they were moderating content just none of that content 
that was so like they that that was the that was where they stepped in it is so it's like so it's like the opposite of reddit exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> what what you frowned upon one of our things right yeah, yeah exactly how many uh, subreddits am i banned from I god only knows um but so uh, you know I wish you could see that on your profile <laughs> Dude, it's like i wish i wish i had a like if like facebook would tell you the number of people that had unfriended and or blocked you like i would I put to remember that burger King i know like yeah. dude i would and we'll give you a free whopper i would put that on a jersey tomorrow and 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 where <laughs> i'm only banned from politics and I was with I, I think and I think I was just I was like poking bear. I was gonna say, and it's because you were you and it, it because oh, you were, Yeah, you were you were but being yes. yeah. I too would like to re- like put everyone that I don't agree with in a gulag and make them eat right bread sandwiches for the rest of their lives. But just imagine all the fun that we'll have when we're dead and Microsoft turns us into chatbots. Oh god. That was a wasn't that that series with that there was there was like were, a pretty blonde there were two different black mirror episodes about it. No, but there was a whole series on Amazon Prime where the husband died or the boyfriend oh, died. Oh, Upload. It was an Upload, yeah. yeah, where the whole thing was, you know, you have to pay like Verizon, whatever mm-hmm. the company was. Yeah. And then, you you know, if you paid a lot of money, you got the really good land. And yep. if, you, if you were broke, you had to sit in like in a shitty... In a holding cell, yeah. I don't want to chat bots of people that died. Like, I, yeah, no, like, you know... There's people that send me like that. I, I like I was texting my cousin. I like um, about stuff. Rob used to text us, and I'm like, you know, yeah, I, um, you know, I don't want Rob talking to me, right? Calling me, <laughs> you know, creeped out. That would make me. I was gonna say it's it's bad enough when the memories pop up on Facebook. Yeah, right. Hey, yeah. Bobby. Like I don't want no, I don't want to talk to him. Um, <laughs> you know who I don't wish I was right now? Uh, the guy with the internet controlled chastity belt. No, that's gross. Um, no, the guy that has a, a Bitcoin locker worth $220 million and he doesn't know the password. And he, he only has two more attempts to try to guess what it was because he lost the piece of paper he wrote it down on. Yeah. He was a password manager, folks. No, but this is before password this was managers were even a thing. Back in the day, Randy, we didn't have password managers. In 2010. We had notebooks. Like, I think because he mined. <laughs> yeah. Um. In what is it, 2010 or you know? Yep, and it's worth crazy. 220 million, and he can't get to it. The crate, and he said he's come to grips with it. I'm like, no, you haven't. You're jumping off a bridge. Yeah, there's no way you're coming to grips with effectively no. losing 220 million dollars. No, you're sitting in a corner and you're rocking. Um, the crazy thing is though, of the 18.5 million Bitcoin that are in existence right now, 20 percent of them worth about 140 billion dollars are in stranded wallets or lost. I know that's crazy. 140 billion. That's a lot. But of like, that. can't you? Like, yeah, like, isn't, isn't there like a forgot my password utility? <laughs> didn't somebody build that in? Like, you think there'd be a really good hacker? They were like, I'll give you 20. Didn't he? Um, there was another one where he offered like 20%. Yep. And, uh, or something. And they were like, no. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, it's, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's, there isn't an easy way or or a or a predictable way to get at it. That's the problem. But no. Oh no! It was the guy that threw it in the landfill, and he told the city. Oh yeah. That if you dig it out, I'll give you the city twenty percent, and it's worth to the city like fifty million to twenty percent. Yeah. Why would you not do it at that point? Two guys. Yeah. No, why I would don't. you not? Um, dig up ET video games. You can't dig up three hundred million dollars. Right. Last pass. 
has been around for three years longer than this guy created, got the Bitcoins. And, yeah, but nobody uses one version password. one of anything. And well, three years and one password was around for five years before he got these Bitcoins. So password managers were definitely a thing when this came out. Yeah, but do, like, do they work with USB drives? I don't know. You just use it to store a note with your password. You don't have to. Yeah. Oh, well, well, you're a genius then, Randy, and this guy's a moron. Um, so why, but no. are there, why are there internet controlled chastity belts? Dude, I, I love this story. Well, because in, in uh, certain communities in, in the BDSM world, uh, there's, well, not even necessarily in that world, but there are a lot. Dude, there's a, there's a whole like. There's a whole genre of distance-based toys that that have that have risen over the past few years, and especially over the last year in particular. Guess go figure why. How's the guy supposed to take a shit? So first thing, uh, okay. Care about anything else? Well, so that's the thing that he would have to ask permission from whoever has the unlocking app. That's I'm talking about the guy that locked it and demands Bitcoin to unlock it. The hacker, yeah. That, well, that's like I said, ask him permission. He's got to pay him to poop. Oh, no. Oh, so I thought you meant like before. Oh, no. So the guy basically. So the guy has an Internet controlled uh, chastity belt and uh, wakes up one more. And, and the sad reality is, is like a year ago, um, they had public, you know, it had been published that there was a really nasty security exploit, that there was a whole API that was open and exposed that this could By happen way, with. It's not. It's not me. It's the victim who has to be identified only as Robert. <laughs> um, woke up uh, to a message uh, that said, uh, I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, your cock is mine. Um, and and demanding. Uh, ba- and it's not even it's not it's the equivalent. It's 750 bucks. Like that's point oh two. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 750 bucks at, at today's value. Um, so, I mean, it's much of this belt cost. I, I, no, I he said, fortunately, I didn't off. have it. No, no. Fortunately, he didn't have it locked on himself, so he didn't. He wasn't wearing it. Oh, oh bummer! So he can poop fine. So why? Pay, why bother paying it? Oh yeah, so then just go, go buy, buy a new one. one. Jesus, boo! <laughs> Way to ruin the story, Bob. I, I thought I didn't. I missed that part of the story. No, he's not. I was too busy giggling at at everything else. <laughs> Um, but hey, speaking of events, uh, for those who haven't heard, the auto show uh, has already been canceled for next year again. Uh, next year? Yep. In June of twenty two? Uh no 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 no. This this year, sorry. Oh. The next the next auto show. Uh so and it's well and it's not so it was originally scheduled for June of this year. Um they are apparently going to do some sort of an event with Belle Isle um uh in September and they are pushing the twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three events back to September no, and October. It's... At the M1 concourse in Pontiac. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, they're pushing the 2022-2023 events back to September and October, respectively. Oh. Which is still warm enough for an outside event in Michigan. Yeah. Usually. Well, well depending on the week. <laughs> the auto show for the history of my life was on the coldest week in January. Oh, it always was. Dude, I've had the, me- the memories just popped not too long ago of when we got press passes for that stupid thing. Um, the second, third week of January. Yeah, and, and I remember like... Minus 10 degrees. Oh, I remember us like freezing our asses off, walking across to the post bar <laughs> to go grab a couple beers. to. No, wa- you, you know it's bad when I'm cold. Like, I, you know, I'm wearing shorts to therapy now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, <clears throat> of no surprise, just because, I mean, this is something I've been talking about. Uh, apparently highway deaths are up, were up 4.6% in the first, uh, in the first nine months of, uh, of this whole COVID outbreak thing. And I'm not surprised, dude, I've been talking about 94 being ridiculous since, I, I mean, I think I, I drove down there, like whether it was March or April or May, you know, anytime I drive down there, 94, it used to be like a clump of cars 
all doing like 62, 63 miles an hour. Uh, so now that is only the slow lane and the middle lane. The fast lane is people going at least 75 to 80. Um, and, and it's just, it's crazy. Like I, I, it's just, I, it's, I, I guess I'm, I'm not surprised by this stat, but you would have thought with more people staying home and more people did like the, the numbers, maybe that should have balanced out. Um, but people are apparently people dumb. That think 75 is NASCAR is too damn high. Like, Going from all the way from the fast lane to the slow lane, cutting in and out. Oh, and out, yeah. You ever drive on like, the south field? Oh, yeah. It's like got that. the walls and it's the lodge. Posted oh, yeah, the lodge. And the lodge, you go, if you're not going 90 on the lodge, you're getting beeped at from behind. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm on now, the lodge. Now, though, like, yeah, but like fatal crashes of 5%. That's a lot. Yeah. No, it really, really is. Um, Where are people in a hurry to get to? What? <laughs> who knows? This is a crazy story, and we like half the stories I put this week was shit that got banned, like the Odyssey book got banned. But this, you know, like this one, like is weird to me. Like I understand if you don't wear a mask, like in Delta's, like okay, ban hammer, right? Like you're going to impact the safety of our passengers. You're, you know, but apparently they uh, when Romney and Lindsey Graham were were on the flight and they got heckled. Yep. Apparently, if you heckled them you you got the band hammer from uh delta you're creating a disturbance on a plane yeah, yeah but, it's, there's so many disturbances that people get thrown off for this is not surprising yeah yeah but no the, but to get the band hammer what's one thing to get thrown off um it's another thing because you hear all like all the time that the drunk lady and then they get yelled you know at, when they get out everybody cheers and yells at her you stupid bitch and you know those videos there's like one a day of those um but like to find the passengers that like yelled. What happens if you just yelled like "screw you, Mitt"? Like you got banned for life from Delta. Like, dude, that's crazy. I I get it. I, I don't don't be a dick. Don't 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 be a dick in public. I I'm just gonna get to the point where I'm just I'm gonna give in to my overlords, my 1984, <laughs> my George Orwell overlords. See everybody, everybody who keeps quoting 1984, I'm convinced never read 1984. But um, I mean, but I mean, on a sad note, I get it because no, I watched the I watched the minute and a half long YouTube video that showed the eight <laughs> things that have come true. So I'm, 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 you're, you're fully up to speed. Yes. Um, I mean, I I mean, I guess you know, speaking of parlor and all that stuff, but I mean, you know, talking about you know consequences. I, did you catch the story about the banker in Georgia? Um, who apparently he's a vice president for a bank uh, in Georgia, um, was at the Capitol uh, on the 6th, was live streaming everything while he was inside the Capitol building. Um, and I guess uh, a buddy of his on the police force said, hey, dude, we got a federal warrant for your arrest. Uh, and so he walked down in the basement, shot himself in the chest. Um, and that's where his wife found him. Uh, so I mean, so like, you know, dude's got a white, well, had, um, a wife and kids, uh, and now they don't have a dad. Jesus Christ. So, I mean, that's, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I, and I do, I, I feel on some level, I, on one hand, I like the whole QAnon and, and all that crap really infuriates me. But on the other hand, I, I get it. Like, like I, or at least I understand I mean, I guess because I understand how like cults operate and I understand how people can get, you know, just, you know, delusional and, and brainwashed about crap. And it's just it's like, these people are going to go storm the Capitol one day and go back to work. The right. Next day? Like, what right. Like, process? did you did you really think and, and and you're live streaming it and posting it everywhere? I mean, that's I mean, that, that's just crazy to me. Um, well, I mean, they've done it. 
you know, <laughs> I never mind. I'm not going to say what I'm thinking. You don't want to draw that comparison. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm dying. Back to work. <laughs> I'm, I, yeah, I'm so. I, dude, I want one of these cold snap machines. Um, they're describing it as the it's it's Keurig of home soft serve ice cream. I got I got to have me one. I I I as I'm I I think that's an amazing idea. I I I got to have it. Why not just buy a custard machine from? I was gonna say just buy one of those Yo Nana's machines for thirty bucks. Shove some frozen fruit in, and out comes soft serve. Yeah, didn't even know that was a thing. I got some soft serve for you too. By yeah, the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you do. Um, so what's your take on uh, what's your take on Kurt Schilling? Uh, I think that's a little extreme, um, uh, you know, and and that's you know. I don't know what I'm t- what we're talking about. Kurt Schilling um, had his insurance policy canceled by AIG after he tweeted support for the people that were at the Capitol. Um, granted, he's been a customer, AAA customer, zero claims, seventeen years. And they canceled this policy. So, and I guess, like, I only saw the, the like, is, I was going to say, like, I'm, I'm, I'm curious if AIG is going to say anything about this, because right now we only have his part of this story. Um, and I think it, if we've learned anything, wait for this, at least the second part of the story, and then figure out where the third part of the story actually is. Um, but, I mean, that's a little let extreme. Me, but let, me, let me, let me rephrase. What he said is complete dipshittery. Like, oh, yeah. There, as soon as you say, uh, Demo KKK crats or like libtards or whatever Republican whatever the stupid words. Yeah. Once you say that, you're you're, you're I tune out. You said is yeah. I completely tune out. You know, yeah. but I mean, but I mean, you're allowed to say whatever you want to say. But I mean, I I think that's the that's been one of the biggest discussions online over the course of you know the past couple of weeks. And you know, here we are. What are we thirty? Six thirty-eight and a half hours away uh, from the inauguration. Um, at the time we're recording this, um, is people are like, "Oh, this is violating free speech." No, no, it's not. Um, those those need they need a lesson too. Yeah, people. it's you know I, you need to go back to like fourth and fifth grade and and you need to learn what the Constitution actually says because it says the government can't censor your free speech, um, but private companies can do whatever the hell they want. Um, and you know, so it's but again, you know, it's okay. What is it? It's also you're not free from repercussions. So that's the big one. You know, yeah. Like right now, AIG drew drew a really line, not saying I don't even know how to get a policy from AIG. I don't even know is it life insurance. I don't even know what. Who knows? Yeah, like the biggest company in the U.S. and I have no idea what they do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They got that my bailout money. They they're uh, they're good. Um, But yeah, I mean, how many people are going to cancel because of it? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, you know, you saw the dip in, you know, Amazon stock and Twitter stock and and all that kind of stuff. And and those are starting to come back to normal now, as you would expect. You expect that. But like the day of. Yeah, yeah, I think the day of the Twitter lost eight billion. Yeah. I said it again. God. (laughs) Um, Um, Hey, before we uh, before we get Fred in here, uh, because because for those of you keeping sore at home. Fred Brown is absolutely joining us tonight um, for the latest on vaccines and variants and all that kind of stuff. So what was uh, I, I posted it on my Facebook wall. So like everybody I knew was watching the Night Strangler doc and was like, oh, my God, this is the creepiest thing ever. It's going to completely freak you out and blow your mind and it's going to keep you up at night. Dude, I couldn't make it through like 15 minutes into the first episode. They show you the the first measurement of a footprint because there was a footprint at one of the crime scenes. 
and it's from the San Dimas Lumber Company. And so from that moment forward, all I can do through all four episodes is, A, notice every time the San Dimas Lumber Company shows up on screen, and B, look for Bill and Ted from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> for those of you who are too young, Bill and Ted went to San Dimas High uh, in, in the background of shots. So, But it is a phenomenal that, documentary. That got me. And the Hillside Stranglers got me because that was a punk band in Detroit with Son of Sam. Mm-hmm. It was Jason uh, Jason Strangler of the Hillside. They were like one of the prominent punk bands in like right. the early '90s, late '80s. Um, you know, so like every time they said Hillside Stranglers, all I'm thinking about is punk rock. Right. Um, but that was a good watch. Oh, phenomenal! It's a phenomenal doc. If you haven't I watched talk it yet, about I really want to talk about one thing because I think it's important. I didn't want to wait till next week. The movie Dark Waters. I think everyone in the planet needs to watch it. I saw your note about it. So, what platform is it on? What's it about? I, I... so I got it on Showtime on demand. Okay. Um, it stars Mark Ruffalo. He produced it, The Incredible Hulk, and it's 70, 1976 West Virginia. DuPont basically oh that story okay built uh, a factory there and a uh, dump but they called the dump like glowing meadows or something you know something ridiculous but they built the community center they built the baseball parks they built the church they built the you know they employed three quarters of the town well this farmer knew a high-powered attorney which was Mark Ruffalo in Cincinnati environmental attorney okay and he's like you know come 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 to my farm like here's these tapes and he had like 200 cows and it was down to two and they all died. He's like, what would cause this? So they start. So like, finally he gets an injunction on DuPont to give him all the records of everything they've ever done. I'm trying to make the story quick. Um, they give him like a 10,000 square foot warehouse full of papers. So what does he do? He sits down on the floor, goes through it, finds everything. So he takes him, finally gets him into court and he's fighting him for almost 15 years so they created a chemical called C8, which is a, like a fluoride and then eight parts carbon. Um, but it, but the EPA never, they, DuPont was allowed to self-regulate. And this was the main ingredient for Teflon. So like there was like out of the town in West Virginia, like two thirds of the people got like eight different kinds of cancer from this chemical. And they call it like an, I think it's an everyday chemical or everywhere chemical that your body can't process. Right. Once it gets in your system, it can't get out. Um, they said right now that's one of like 600 every everywhere chemicals. Um, that wow. Teflon. But like now, like they're still fighting. And like right now, DuPont's like starting to pay out. Like, but this whole town, like literally two thirds of them, people were getting like testicular cancer, uh, pancreatic cancer. Um, like people all had black teeth because the amounts of fluoride in the water <laughs> was too high. Which brings us back to Night Stalker. <laughs> right. Like, um, teeth. Forever chemicals. Forever chemicals. Thank yeah. you. Um, but like basically this thing is and no one really kind of knows about it. Like I'm looking at this going like I didn't know Tef. I thought it was bad, but I didn't realize it was like like they just destroyed like what DuPont did. Yeah. And they, they allowed them to self-regulate like the EPA was like, man, let them whatever. So they're allowed to make whatever the hell they want, put it wherever they want, put it in the landfill, put it in the water system, put it in the water supply. Poison a town. So then this farmer's going through hell because everyone's losing their jobs because the plant closes. Right. Like, oh, you're the bad guys. Yeah, but you guys are dying of cancer. Yeah. Um, this kid was born, like, looks like the Toxic Avenger. He actually <laughs> did a bit part in a movie. Like, they go, babies have, like, eyes here and noses shut. And, like, you know, it, it, I'll it, give it a look. It's a, you know, I don't want to say, it's a, you know, it's a long movie, 
But just like for the end part where all the true stuff, or if you just might want to Google it instead of watching the whole thing. Gotcha. I mean, it, dude, crazy. Like, seriously, I didn't, I didn't even know it was a true story. I was just like, oh, it's good. You know, looks good, whatever. Hmm. All right. Are we ready? Um, can we bitch about WandaVision for a minute? I, I loved watching it, but I have no idea what the hell is going on. I was like, yeah, there, there are two episodes in. I, I have not watched it yet. How about we do the Honeymooners and I Love Lucy and I Dream a Genie, but with Vision and Scarlet Witch. And then <laughs> he put his hand in his throat to save him from choking. Well, and I, I think so. Like everything I read about it, like even in the previews and stuff that I saw ahead of time, that doesn't surprise me. Because, I mean, that's that looked like what it was going to be all along. Um, you know, I and I was going to have some sort of weird dark something no, well i mean something. i'm sure it's i mean you're, you're scarlet I've witch two episodes yeah i mean I'm, scarlet witch I'll ever see. yeah her yeah. whole power is altering you finish watching it is no. altering reality and that kind of stuff so it's her altering reality to have more time with vision so i mean i do i'm sure it'll it'll come to fruition yeah uh, they lost me i'm done all right here he comes oh my god the the chieftain the chieftain of doom and gloom himself <laughs> how are you doing? Good. How are you tonight, man? Good. You guys, we gotta, we gotta give him like a wrestling name, like the the Arbiter of Rona, <laughs> the Crusher. <laughs> oh my gosh! And it, it would be appropriate for Zoom. And in this corner, we got some good news and bad news as always. Uh, Hailing from parts unknown. <laughs> oh. Well, so how are you? How are you, Fred? Everything's going well. I had a good vacation. Uh, you know, celebrating Martin Luther King Day today. Uh, I, <laughs> I think we don't. We don't have enough. We don't have enough celebrations like this. We. I think we should have something. Kind of reserve something every month. The Europeans do this in a good way. You know, they they sort of say, well, today is, you know, special day X, and the whole day you, know, you get the whole day off and you relax a little bit. Uh, we don't do that. Japan that <laughs> has Golden Week. Golden, Golden Week is week. the best. I love what, it. What is, no one, what is no Golden one Week? No works besides retail and restaurants and service industry. And <laughs> Basically, <laughs> if you're a banker in an office job, you get the week off. Everyone else has to serve you. Um, but it, no, everybody gets – like the whole country's off for like yeah, six days. We need those things. You know, I, so I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for this. I mean, if you look, dude, every day – I mean, it's like National Pancake Day, National oh. Dress Up Your Cat Day. So, it's Little known fact, do you know what day it is tomorrow? Uh, one Where day until day? one day until I start drinking at ten a.m. to watch the inauguration day. <laughs> no, it is National COVID Day tomorrow. Apparently, at five o'clock in the afternoon, I uh, we are going to you know kind of reflect on all the people we've lost. And I did not know that. I didn't yeah. either. Yeah. So, uh, little known fact, uh, probably one of the least publicized days of all time. Not to be morbid, but have you ever have you ever seen what they do in Europe uh, on the Holocaust Remembrance Day? Oh boy. They put on the uh, it's if you want to watch it, you'll get a tear in your eye. The entire country stops for 60 seconds. They turn on the air raid sirens. And if you're in a car, you stop and get out of the car. If you're walking, you stop like everyone physically just stops. And the air raid, the sirens go off and then it stops. Then everybody gets in the car and drives away. Like it's it's very awe inspiring watching it. Like literally you'll tear up like you're watching. You're like it's powerful as hell. But anyway, not to bring the room down. Well, I was going to say, well, let me cheer everybody up by saying that in addition to MLK Day today, today is also Winnie the Pooh Day. Oh, <laughs> oh well, that's, 
Christopher Robin's psychotic break day. Nice. That's amazing. <laughs> so, okay. So, Fred, so obviously I want to talk. So I want to make sure we let's talk yeah. vaccine uh, distribution. Let's yeah. talk um, about the variants and mutations and that kind of stuff. I, I know there was a story that came out today that I wanted to ask you about specifically yep. um, where apparently uh, there's been a higher than expected rate of allergic reactions with the Moderna vaccine. Uh, yes, that's right. And yeah. so I'm and, and I believe that that is what is because, uh, you know, somebody asked me, oh, well, you know, didn't Michigan just switch to that? I'm like, dude, to the best of my knowledge, everywhere is using whichever one they can get their hands on. Like, let's let's be real. Um, so I don't know. It's a matter of switch. It's a matter of what do we have in stock that we can use? And I, and I don't know all the states that that particular batch, uh, the batch 441 went to. I don't know that uh, Michigan's affected, but apparently, the, you know, more states than that got yeah, than just California. I was going to say, I believe it was California, yeah. Yeah, so it was San Diego, and they had um, six adverse events. Now, normally when you take the shot, you'll, uh, if, you have a, if you have a chance to take a shot, it's very mild. In other words, uh, the, the va- vaccinator is tiny, uh, very small needle, doesn't really, you don't even realize they really you've been jabbed. Um, and then, um, you know, two, two days later, you have a reactive genistic effect. So, hey, Bob, your wife should be totally fine with getting the shot. Hey! <laughs> 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 but so, but after you take the shot, you wait for fifteen minutes and you see if you've got any allergic reactions. Well, six out of the twenty-one thousand—they were at a super site uh, in San Diego. Six out of the twenty-one thousand people vaccinated uh, got a, 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 an allergic reaction. So six out of twenty-one thousand doesn't sound like much, but we only expect one in a hundred thousand to have an event, right. a, a adverse event. So uh, you know, you, you do all the math, and that's you know twenty times higher than we were expecting. Uh, and so that's what shut down things down. There, there are a couple things that can cause that, um, and I don't want to you know scare anybody. We don't know yet. We haven't done anything, but you know, uh, I, I, we can go through some of the production how that how how this whole thing works. There could have been some impurities. You'll see that there's a, several purification steps uh, in this in this mRNA va- a vaccine process. Uh, we can talk a little bit about that. So yeah, Fred, let me. I just hop in real quick. Someone I know that got the vaccine it said, I, you know, they feel fine, but the, you know, for three days they felt like shit. Yeah, and I'm like. Yeah. And I know it's not like the flu vaccine where they give you the flu and you get, you know, like what would what would attribute to that? Yeah, basically, we, you should expect to. Uh, so they, the best day, 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 day to take the test is uh, take the vaccine is a Friday because then that way you get Saturday, Sunday. You don't want to. It's like everybody. Uh, oh, no, I, I take it on a weekday. So yeah, I, get the, the, I take it on Monday. I say it's like time. it's yeah. like everybody uh, scheduling their vasectomies for right before March Madness starts. Yeah, that's the. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's a strategy. Uh, but uh, <laughs> interesting. Uh, so at any rate, but basically, statistically, you're going to feel tired about 60% of the time. You'll feel like you have a headache and chill uh, 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 about 30% of the time. And uh, you'll uh, have a slight fever about 30% of the time. So that, that's sort of the adverse event. So that's, that's called reactionicity. What happens is that basically your body's responding to an attack uh, and you're building those anti- antibodies. Of course, it's not a real virus. It's just a little piece of the virus. So you're not going to, you're not at risk of getting the, the disease. It's just, you're building the, your, your immune system. And th- that actually indicates that it's working. And interestingly, we're older. So older people uh, have the, the, have about 10% less effect. Uh, the, the, than the younger people. Oh, you're yeah. you're screwed, Randy. Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and and the other issue uh, issue is sadly, if you've had a bad first reaction, chances are you're going to have a slightly worse second reaction. So just to be ready. So I, I guess so. Is it going to be because I mean we've we've seen a lot with um, you know Moderna and Pfizer being out. I mean so. 
is it going to be about the same with the Johnson and Johnson one? Just because, I mean, that is a that is more of a traditional vaccine. It is. It's a it's an adenovirus vaccine. They use it for rabies. They use it for Ebola. Uh, they use it for a um, couple of other vaccines. Secret is it's just repackaged baby shampoo. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> no more COVID. Yeah. A little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. Um, uh, so ba- basically, yeah, um, uh, the, the J&J uh, numbers I haven't seen yet. My guess is that it might be slightly less efficacious, but um, uh, and it might be slightly less durable because you're only going to get one shot. The nice thing is that after 14 days, you're going to be at full efficacy. So what happens is you get one shot, they, 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 they watch you for 14 days, and then they test you. And my guess is that it'll probably be in the 70 to 80 percent effectiveness range, which okay. is significantly less uh, than, um, than, than, than where we are with Moderna and, and Pfizer. But it's only one shot, and you're that much more protected. Uh, the issue is once you tab that one, you shouldn't have the Pfizer. Or Moderna. Gotcha. So and then uh, I mean and I'm sure you have slides galore. Uh, so oh, you know, if you so so feel free to, feel free to tell me to wait if, if it's. But I mean I guess you know let's let's talk about these variants that are out there. You know the the mutations that are coming through because I mean that's the big thing. So like you know we've heard now that you know in person dining might be reopening um, as of February first. Uh, I don't think we've seen any details about like capacity limits or what that's really going to mean or anything like that. Um, but I mean, obviously, you know, everything, I guess every respectable source of information, um, you know, says that we're still, it's still going to get worse before it gets better. Um, so I guess, you know, kind of, I guess those are, you know, two things I I wanted to ask you about is one, you know, these, this variant and the mutations and and what's going on there. And then two, kind of, what are your thoughts about February 1st and, and how do you feel about that? Yeah. So, uh, with the variants, initially I wasn't too concerned. I heard I was hearing some reports. We were watching it closely. We had we basically mapped about four thousand different variants that we're concerned about. Of those, you know, a few of them have come through. Uh, and then I went to a special conference uh, that was uh, th- that were Britain. It was really facing this problem head on. Right, uh, has a lot of capability in the space in terms of uh, uh, genetic sequencing. Uh, and a lot of my friends were at that meeting, and they invited me to kind of look at the data uh, and. Uh, I'll tell you, it's it's going to be a problem, unfortunately. Uh, and okay. it's going to, and, the, and the, the problem is um, that if you're if, so so if if you are listening to this and you are an owner of a of a, of a of um uh, you know of an establishment that is likely to be shut down, um, do your business in February because by March it's going to be bad. Yeah, it's going to be really bad. I'm not talking just about. I I wish I could be more positive, but the truth is that what happens is that you think this, uh, Fred. This is what this is why I want you here. I don't. I don't want. I don't want people blowing smoke up my ass. I I want. I want real data and real. (laughs) There's a high likelihood that we're going to have a scare, right? Because what we're doing is watching the doubling. We're watching the doubling of this new uh, uh, variant. It's called the B one one point one point seven variant. Um, and uh, in this variant, we're seeing a doubling in the last week. So if you do the math, you go right. You go one, two, four, eight, sixteen, mm-hmm. thirty-two. Now, if you're oh, those are percents of penetration. So right now we were at one percent penetration last week. We're at two percent penetration this week. We'll be at four percent penetration next week. By week six, we'll be at sixty-four percent penetration. 
And by by middle of March, this will be over 90% of our cases will be as a result of this particular variant or the new South African variant, which, we have, which we're still studying, which has other issues that make it even more scary in some ways. Well, so and that's what I was going to say. So like, I guess, so what are, like, what are the tweaks that go along with this? I mean, because, I mean, really, all, I think all we've really heard so far is that it's more contagious, yeah. and which which is bad in in and of itself. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, it, it is this a but wait, there's more situation. <laughs> yeah, so, so unfortunately, it's, so it's seventy percent more contagious. Um, and if you think about what that does, uh, is um, it's, it's an exponential it's an exponential factor, right? It's that R factor we're talking right, about. Right. That's we're yeah. We're R by seventy percent. Oh more, shit. One point one point seven, right? So all of a sudden you're going from a two point five R factor to a three point plus factor, uh, and that is really really significant. That means every time you know you move from a situation where one person gives two point five people the disease to one person gets gives three point six people the disease, right? And that's um, that's. Um, uh, that 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 means it really rips right through you, and the issue is that it actually produces more more viral load, and so uh, it's much more spreadable. And what that means is that what you're doing today isn't going to work when this virus hits, right? If you're going to the bar, you're, you're well. It just it just hit. Sick. Chances are you will when this thing hits you. So there's a, and I believe there's like, so is that the case that's in Ann Arbor? That's in or Washington County? Yeah. Excuse me. We got one already here. Someone went to the UK. Pick it up, and uh, aren't, uh, when you fly internationally, though, aren't you supposed? To, are you like, like I, I obviously I don't want to do what they're doing in Germany, putting people in in, in you know, <laughs> gulags right now, quarantine gulags. But I mean, aren't they supposed to? Are you supposed to be under strict quarantine when you fly internationally these like, yeah. these days? So anyone coming back from the from 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 the from another country is supposed to have a have a negative test three days before flight. Uh, but that unfortunately was done before this person came back into, into Ann Arbor. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's Yay. We have a case here already, but chances are this isn't the first case. Uh, we were doing it's, so yeah. it affected that it's probably out there in the community. But I mean, so what does this one do that the other one didn't do? And or what uh, is, why is this one fancy, new and improved? <laughs> yeah. I would say, they put more soap. They, yeah, why they, they, they put what, more like soap and soap. Yeah, who, exactly. who wrote the damn yeah. service pack for this thing? Like, what, like release one wasn't bad enough. <laughs> I, I, why, don't, why don't I show you some? I, I can actually show you the picture. Do your thing. Sort of, I, maybe it'll be maybe it'll be helpful. I, I, I wanted to show you quickly a couple things, and maybe you already, maybe we already know this. So if we think we're if we're going in too much depth, we don't have to. But I wanted to tell you first how great these vaccines are because they're really incredible vaccines. You guys will be impressed with the data. I don't know if you've seen the data that Pfizer and Moderna presented, but I can show you some of that. Okay. Then I was going to show you, even though we have a perfect vaccine now, how it could move to a situation of imperfection. Uh, and that's the discussion about the mutation and the, and the yep. variant. And then I thought we could talk a little bit about uh, people getting vaccinated, which is the distribution. The distribution. Yeah. And that was, that was another question that I had was yep. WTF. So, <laughs> <laughs> And we're getting better, but we're still not where we need to be. But I, so, right, so I, I waited. I went ahead and uh, got myself a little uh, pickleback together. For I should have drank. I should have drank it before you started talking. But I'm going to do so now. Get <laughs> get your screen up and running, Mr. Brown. Let me let me uh, show you guys uh, some slides, and you guys just t- you interrupt. Feel free, jump in any any time you like, and we can jump around if you want. I've got uh, a number of slides. I presented this is material I presented um, uh, to Harvard. Uh, and of course, you know we're smarter than those guys. I was like, yeah, you were you were just back. You were just back. What a week ago? Yes. Yeah. On the tenth, I actually showed this to Harvard on the tenth because they were wondering what does her what does her. Oh look! Hey, we made the slide. 
Yes. Yes. So I have, I've, I've upgraded the slide to make it more appropriate. Let me see if I can go to a slide. I, I don't even care. If, I don't, I don't even care if you just put it on there. I'm, I'm just happy we're on the slide. So here we go. There we are. IT and the D in lights on the January 18th, Martin Luther King Day. And uh, we will, so here is, here's, here's the situation. Uh, you guys know about me. This is, you guys, I'll send you the material. You can send it out to anyone. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, this is super simplified. I, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I have people who are epidemiologists out there, people who are, um, you know, in the space are going to say, oh, my gosh, you know, oh, my tooth hurts. Yeah, okay, it sort of works, but it's not, you know, be, <laughs> people will have to grin and bear it. I, I apologize in advance um, if, if it's too simple. Uh, these are all my opinions. So, you know, I've gotten no okay from all my clients. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed by Fred Brown are not necessarily... <laughs> 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 and so, you know, I, I, I work with a few different states and a few on uh, OWS and the, and the Trump administration. I'm working a little bit with the transition uh, with the Biden administration so that we've got some continuity. That's been a challenge, <laughs> I'll have to say. But you don't rate. say. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So at any rate, the first question. I was going to say, and actually, that's probably going to be Bob's question, because that's been that's been his theory since uh, for quite some time now that this all disappears uh, in about 38 hours. That's right. That's, right. All this stuff That's why the new one's out. See, it was all just something to give President, poor President Trump a hard time, and now we're right. We can turn the old one's gone, just like the flu's gone. Now the old Rona's gone. Now the new Rona's the, in. The flu, the flu is having trouble making it through. Right, we trained for a triathlon, so at this point we're doing a five k, and it's simple stuff. That's my so, uh, that's my favorite argument. I got to drop this one in. When I, I read other stuff, everyone's arguing online, and everybody's like, "The flu's gone." Like that's because people are wearing masks. And why isn't Corona gone? Uh, you know, sadly, Corona is twice, two point five times more infective and ten times more deadly. Other than that, right. we're ready for it. You know, yeah, that's the problem. The thing, it's, it's it's one of those things. That's, frankly, it's not as deadly and not transmittable as some of the worst we've got. But it's like right in that middle section where it kind of gets you, and it's uh, and it's been tougher to get rid of than I ever would have thought, uh, being in this space for a long time. Like, I've been doing this for 40 years, and I thought this was going to be something done in three months, you know, and, and it just goes and goes. Well, and, and that's one of the, I think we talked about that, and one of the, probably March, April time frame was, you know, that fine balancing act uh, that a disease has to walk in order to, you know, like Ebola kills you too quickly so won't right. become pandemic yep. the common yeah, cold really close to them to get it. yeah the common cold highly virulent but doesn't kill you so no big deal this one's right in that sweet spot of badness yeah this is the goldilocks one and man it's really ca- caught on and and it's been giving everybody fits and the Trump administration did the best they could and uh <laughs> man you know, um, sure well we'll go ahead and just let that stand sure <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll go with that. <laughs> I, 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 there, there were some, there were some good people who were doing the best they could. Oh, there always are. There, yeah. I mean, it's like no, no. I mean, like no matter which company, like oh, that company sucks because I had one bad experience with one person. Okay, well, you know what? There's a, a, a kajillion other people that are there that are they're trying their best. Like nobody wants to be that guy. I know, but well, at any rate, this. Um, I think the Biden administration is going to have challenges too. Trust me on this one. Uh, it's going to be it, it, we're we're starting off on a really tough place. Right. The base of the first question that these guys at Harvard asked is what? So what's this herd immunity thing anyway? And the, and the and herd immunity means that you've got enough people vaccinated, and that's what ha- what's happening on the left hand side of the picture. You've got enough people in the dark blue who are vaccinated 
that they're able to protect the people who decide not to get vaccinated or can't get vaccinated for various reasons from the red from the red squad that's coming in and 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 and, and, and infected. Right. So there's enough people who are sort of in the way blocking the viral transmission that the blue, the light blue guys can get away without being vaccinated. On the uh, then there's failed herd immunity, and there the blue guys, the dark blue guys, couldn't protect uh, the light blue guys from getting infected. And that's what herd immunity is. That means that we don't have to vaccinate everybody. We don't have to make everybody immune. We have to have enough people immune so that you're protected from uh, the people who are sick. And that happens at a community level, in your own house. And then, of course, it happens at an international level, too. Uh, you know, India work, work, is yep. worried about Canada. And if you notice, herd immunity is more difficult to achieve when, and these are really important dot points, right? Number one, if you got a lot of asymptomatic, uh, asymptomatic spread, it's really hard to get herd immunity in place because everyone feels like they're doing great and they're immune and everything's wonderful. And in fact, you get too close to other people and you get sick. The virus is super abundant and we're at a high viral level right now. Uh, the impact varies by population group. So suppose you got, you know, half the people who are over 65 who want to take this thing and, and everybody who's under 18 says, I don't want to deal with it. Uh, that, that means, and those communities move together. And so you get, it's hard to protect the, the large groups of communities who are vaccinated versus large communities who aren't vaccinated. If gotcha. it's pretty evenly spread, then it's pretty easy. But if it's not evenly spread, challenge. And the bi- biggest thing is you can transmit without physical contact, right? With the other ones, it's pretty easy because you know whether you're getting in physical contact with people. In this case, it's aerosolized. And so it's in the air and you can be unvaccinated thinking you're, you know, among vaccinated and safe and, and someone who's sick breathes around you and, uh, and gets you sick. Mm-hmm. So, and the other big interesting thing about herd immunity is that it varies by R, right? It's one minus one minus one over R naught, and that R naught changes, right? I just we just talked about the fact that that that, that this new variant is going to move your R naught from two point five to three point six, right? You're going, oh man, you know. So all of a sudden, what we do actually matters quite a bit. If you're doing more masking, you don't, you don't you know, like China. It only has to vaccinate a few people, and it's going to be protected. But unfortunately, we got people all over the place uh, who, with this disease, it's a lot more prevalent. And so we're going to have to do a lot more with the vaccine in addition to the vaccine in order to get herd immunity than they will have to. It's, it's sort of unfair since uh, they started this, but, <laughs> but that's that's the fact on, on the ground. Gotcha. So you get a sense of this. Now, herd immunity is something you don't really know you're achieving, right? You think you're there. You're going to measure level of immunity in the, in, in the population, but you, you, it's, it's something that happens um, you know, in hindsight, not in real time. You'll know afterwards that, yeah, we had herd immunity then, uh, but you won't really know it at this particular time. We'll try to measure it. We'll try to understand it. But it's a little more close than not close. We don't actually know precisely. So we don't know our not well enough yet. Right. To understand what the number is. So at any rate, that's about herd. That's, that's what herd immunity is. And interestingly, epidemiologists never talk about herd immunity occurring afterwards. Herd immunity always occurs as a result of vaccination. You can get herd protections naturally, but really immunity, you better be, you know, you're talking about a vaccination break. And so when people were talking about Sweden, uh, going to go for the herd effect, they didn't really mean exactly that epidemiologically, just so, you, just so you're aware. So we have to have a vaccine. We got a great vaccine. That's the good news. Let's take a look. So here's how herd immunity is calculated. You have to say the percent of the overall population has an immunity. And that's a combination of two things. That's the number of people who are are vaccinated, uh, and plus a percent of people who have naturally induced immunity because they were sick, and and uh, and that together gives you a total percent of immune people. And and these are the different factors that we'll go into underneath there that indicate where we're going to have some challenges. And I'll, I'll so is Sweden that. so is Sweden a success or a failure doing herd immunity? It failed. Okay, it failed unfortunately. Uh, you know, 
And they've decided to go ahead and, and start to do distancing measures like everybody else did. Now that they have a vaccine, they actually have a chance to occur, have, have immunity, have, have herd immunity without the distancing. But they um, realized that they didn't, that, that uh, it didn't, it, it didn't work uh, for them. Uh, they have, you know, a, a quite a bit higher infection rates happening in Denmark and other other light countries near them. Uh, and they, they they tried, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a it was a noble effort. The issue was we didn't know enough about this thing, and it turned out to be more dangerous than we thought. If, if Sweden had been right, and a few of the epidemiologists early on said, "Oh, the R zero is really only about you know 1.2, and the death rate is really only 0.3," and it turned out it, you know death rate was closer to 0.7, and 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 our factor was more like 2.5, and all of a sudden that whole thing that they were thinking about blew up. But they they thought it was worth the, the chance. Uh, the other the other reason that it was working is what we knew is that in Sweden, if you're ever in Sweden in the summertime, everyone's on the out on the island. They're not in Stockholm altogether. And now that it's gotten dark, you know, it gets, I mean, right now this time of year, you only have three or four hours of sunlight in Stockholm. Uh, everyone's in you know in bed, you know, in 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 their rooms and and with, uh, together. And now it's really starting to spread. Um, and now we got this new variant, which we can get on in a second. So here's the vaccines. Great news. We'll go. I know your audience knows this. I just want to show you what the data really looks yep. like and get a sense of this. Um, here's how we measure vaccinations. We say safety, effectiveness, durability, scalability, right? The safety, very, it's a very safe vaccine up to the point of time that we've had to, to view it. It's about one in 100,000 people have some adverse event, uh, 100,000 people. You know, you're going to have to have, you're gonna have to be pretty special to have an adverse event on these kind of vaccines. The effectiveness, it reduces the severity of symptoms. Uh, we did the best kind of tests possible. The people who are administering the test didn't know who they were, whether they're giving them placebo people who, uh, or, or active. The people who were, who were getting the test didn't know whether they're getting placebo or active. Uh, it's double blind, random, random controlled. We did this 156 sites. So you're talking about, you know, a broad geogra geography of the population, uh, a huge number of people being done. Uh, and this is about as good uh, a clinical study as we can do. Uh, scalability. You know, we're, we're scaling now. We're seeing that most of the problems actually, and sadly, are in distribution, not in manufacturing. That might start to change over time. We'll get into that. And durability, we don't know. We've only had this in people uh, in people for about eight months. So um, we're still finding it out. Here's what here's what the, the process we go through, right? And the first question people say is, gosh, but that really went fast. I thought you were working on this for 40 years, and you only done six vaccines. You know, what, what's the problem? Right. <laughs> Why were you slow or what? <laughs> and the answer is, well, uh, these tests actually didn't cut any corners. And they went as they went fast. We did a lot of things in parallel. Uh, we had new technologies that meant you were flying, you know, you're doing that much faster, that much more. It was all genetic technology, not the old cell culture, full cell, whole cell, whole virus work that I used to do. It's this is stuff that's you know very small genetic pieces that are uh, easy to inject on platforms that go fast that we know a lot about. We had a head start with SARS, which is great. Normally you start off flat footed in this case, you know, we're 85 percent the same, the same uh, genetics as in the SARS vaccine we had ready to go uh, in the COVID-2 uh, vaccine. The international community also all got together and said, okay, what do we think this vaccine needs to do? And they all decided it's got to have these characteristics. Now, it's got to be this safe. It's got to have this kind of efficacy. We agree on this all. all and, and it does that. We're good, right, internationally. And 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 everybody signed up for that, uh, with the exception of U.S. and Russia. <laughs> but basically, China agreed. All the other groups agreed that that's what we're going to go for. Um, <laughs> the the governments de-risk everything, right? Normally, I think you take a huge risk on this stuff. You got to build manufacturing plants. You got you go slowly to make sure you're not overextending. You, you know, you kind of scale up uh, to to the extent that you need to fund the trials. In this case, they went full full bore going commercial on 
day one. And so um, they de-risk everything and they guaranteed sales, right? Normally, when I when I developed these vaccines, I had to start with zero sales. These guys are this year. Moderna will sell eleven point six billion dollars of a vaccine, guaranteed. And it's January what eighteenth. They announced, okay, we you know, <laughs> I was at the JP Morgan conference and they said, yep, ten point six billion dollars of sales so far. Oh, I make that eleven point six billion dollars sales. That's on January. You know that that that's before they even really get a chance to launch this thing. So. When I had to work like hell to get, you know, a billion dollars of sales over over a year, these guys are doing ten billion in, in less than a few months. That's <laughs> go figure. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's a different sort of environment. And the other th- last thing is, you know, I can't tell you how many times I set up a big clinical site in like Sierra Leone, and all of a sudden we have a big outbreak in Liberia, and you got all the clinical guys ready to go, and you can't find the disease. And you're <laughs> great. <laughs> in this case, we had this pandemic everywhere, so whatever you set things up, you're going to find people who got sick. So. That those things allowed us to go a hell of a lot faster than normal. And you can see here that basically Pfizer killed it, right? I mean, they started, they, they went through preclinical testing and licensing, kind of they start, they got started in April. Moderna had almost a 30-day head start on that. So they started phase one a month late and they finished through and got the EUA in uh, 20 days before Moderna did with 50% more patients. Holy cow, right? I mean, uh, so if you want to kind of say, you know, which which uh, which company did it better, man, Pfizer did great. The difference is that Moderna has a lot more capability in manufacturing Pfizer did, and that's why you see the difference in cold chain. So Moderna did some things with their extra time, um, and uh, the uh, Pfizer really leveraged their scale. Uh, right, right at about September, both of them realized, oh my gosh, we don't have enough older people, and we don't have enough people of color in this test. We want to get more people in. So Mod- Moderna actually slowed down their calls. They said, we're going to go to other sites. We're going to We'll pull in the people of color, we're going to pull in the older people, and then we'll have a, a better sample to actually demonstrate efficacy. Pfizer said, no, 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 we're not going to slow this down. We're going to actually just increase more. So they turned on the scale, right? So at any rate, some, some, some interesting kind of pharmaceutical stuff in, in there about, about who did what. So the first phase, right, phase one, what you want to do basically is want to say, did this thing, you inject this stuff in, and the question is, do you have any antibodies to the, the, to the virus? And here is really critical data. We found out that after one dose, you get you get about the same amount of protection as you would if you got sick with and recovered. So that those plasma convalescent plasma, that's what happens when you get sick and recover. That's that gotcha. hundred and zero point two numbers, right? And you're looking for uh, this is coronaviruses are really tough to kill because they get established fast and they reproduce quick. So um, you want to get both circulating antibodies, antibodies that are already in your system, and you want to have uh, your manufacturing capability in your cells. Uh, both. So you want to, uh, you want to have both the, what they call DNT cell activation as well as the circulating antibody activation. And you can see that in both cases, you get a heck of a result, right? So if you start with about a hundred, uh, on the circulating antibodies in terms of its concentration, Pfizer, uh, after two doses had about a hundred, so a 50% increase over, over what you would get if you just got sick, uh, and recovered. Gotcha. Moderna had a lot better results. Uh, except in the older population, that you can see it really kind of dro- it went up and then it dropped off quick. So we're sort of watching that, but overall these these are both super super results. Uh, you know, really good results. So now I know. So you've got on here if if you've had COVID, still take the vaccine. Like, is Absolutely there right. a you're, you're only at a hundred or you're only at zero point two right now? Right. So like, but is there? Because I do. I, I have a friend of mine uh, who had it maybe a month and a half ago, yep. um, and still went ahead and got the vaccine. Is, is like. Are you supposed to, like, is there supposed to be a, a wait, a lag? Like, what, 
should you just dump jump to dose two at that point? <laughs> like, <what? laughs> no, no. It turns out in this case, interestingly, in many cases we don't. Uh, if you get sick and recover, you don't. Your antibodies aren't quite as good as as, as what a uh, are actually better than what a vaccine will do for you. Right? Because you're reacting to more of the virus. In this particular case, the, the the stuff you're getting from a vaccine is actually a better antibody response than from the naturally occurring infection. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's it's a really it's a special result and it's really surprising. And the other big thing is you really need two doses. You need two doses because you want to get the antibodies up so they start to down, come down more slowly, and that's for durability. So now is that is that why you were saying what you said about the difference in efficacy between these and the Johnson one? Yes, I'm worried about J and J. You know, just because I think J and J will probably look about like these guys after one dose, right? And I'm worried that maybe we'll see durability wane and we won't quite see quite as much efficacy as the okay. you know, yeah, double dose. And, and J&J sort of rolled the dice. They knew they were a little bit late. They were working at a little bit slower of a platform than the uh, mRNA platform. They're using an adenovirus platform. Uh, and so they knew that if they wanted to be in the game, they would have to do something special for doing a single dose. And so that's what they get, came up with. But that's why we're saying take two doses and if you have had the disease... Um, go ahead and uh, and and get the vaccine. Take take uh, two doses and call me in the morning. That's yeah, exactly. And the other big thing about this is we're we're just starting to find out about how much protection you've got if you've been sick. And our initial results are you're about fifty two percent protected for about eight months, and okay. after that you better take a, you better really take the vaccine because you're not so protected anymore. So hopefully that's hopeful. And then you'll know, you'll hear hear the results. As far, as far as efficacy goes, statistically, both vaccines are the same, and you'll see why in a second. It turns out they both use the same, basically the same thing. <laughs> so, you're, I mean, unsurprisingly, they both are incredibly effective. I mean, these results are off the charts. I've worked in this field for a long time. When you're talking about 95% effective, there are only two vaccines in the world we've got right now that are this effective. Uh, one of them. So, like honestly, the the part of this that surprises me is is that you only need <laughs> you yeah. only, you only need to be fifty percent effective to get, to get approval. That's 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 that's, 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 a, that's no, a little no, concerning. Yeah, we'd be so happy if we got thirty percent. These are ninety five percent. It doesn't. I mean, it, I mean, it really doesn't get much better. Oh, yeah, hundred percent is obviously better, but I mean, no, nothing's like that. That's just about the immune system. Uh, so, and you can see, you can find yourself in every, uh, I hope your audience can find themselves in any, every one of these. Right. If you're under 18, you've got a little bit, uh, between, uh, so people as, as early as the age of 12 have been vaccinated with the vaccine with the same kinds of results. We're still doing those trials. Uh, it's going to take until August till we get the under the 12 and overs, uh, done. It'll take until the probably early or mid 2022 before we have, understand what's going on with uh, groups under 12, especially those under two. This becomes a childhood vaccine, for example. We really test those hard. Uh, and so it, it, before we get all the grade school children vaccinated, it will be 2022, just so you know, because uh, it takes time. But you basically, you can see, uh, we do have inclusion When you go through a, a clinical trial, what happens is you say, I'm interested in doing a clinical trial. And they say, come on in, let's make sure you qualify. For you know, are you pregnant? Well, yeah, you know, I might get pregnant. Well, you know, then in, in the case of, Pfizer, they said, then we really don't want you. Uh, and it turns out that 30 people got pregnant anyway. So we have some information about the preg- <laughs> gotcha. pregnant people as well. Uh, and it turns out uh, the American uh, Academy of Pediatrics has said, if you're pregnant, you're going to get pregnant, 
take this vaccine. It'll give you uh, it'll give you fetus protection and it seems safe. And so they've gone ahead and and I've talked to your doctor, but in most but in, in the average case in pregnancy, they want you to take the vaccine. Um, uh, again, if you're the, the people who are the people who are at risk, that means they had um, they are they had things like diabetes or they were obese, uh, and so they you can see those were very well protected. Over sixty five, very well protected. Um, Eighteen to sixty five, very well protected. Male and female, no no real differences. Communities of color were slightly underrepresented. They were about ten percent of the population. They're fifteen percent of the normal population, slightly underrepresented, but certainly statistically significant. Everybody really is is eligible to take this vaccine. They didn't look at platelet and they didn't look at anticoagulant uh, people who are on, on, on factor and, and platelets. Uh, and they also excluded people under the age of 16. Those are not those are not authorized. We have to really, um, you know, probably join us to file to do those at this point if you're in those categories. But immunocompromised were uh, so lots and lots of different groups uh, were in these groups and, and found to be safe and effective. So. The other really big thing is that it prevents severe infection, right? And that's where we're that's what really interested in. It turned out, you know, if you get COVID and all you get is the sniffles, that's a pretty good deal, right? right. So what we did is we, we actually tested and we got let out people go out there and people who were severe, you can see, they, you know, and Moderna actually had a tougher uh, hurdle than, than, than Pfizer and they actually came out better than Pfizer. So uh, they're slightly more protective of severe diseases. But you can see the kinds of things they were worried, worried about uh, Pfizer had a, a, a Pfizer had, uh, as I recall, uh, eleven total uh, eight. I'm sorry, nine total cases. One of which was uh, uh, someone who actually had the real vaccine. All the others placebo. That gives you an 89 percent effectiveness rate. The only thing that, that that person had, they didn't have to go to the hospital. Unlike the people who were sick who had only the placebo, they they had a, they had 93 percent uh, oxygenation level. Um, so, uh, but of the, of the people who are on the placebo group, uh, you know, six of them got really sick and three of them went to the hospital. And in Moderna's cases, one of them died. So we're talking about really preventing severe disease, which is huge. That's a great outcome, right? So then, and here's the separation, right? It's great when you can do statistics and you can say, gosh, which one, which one do I want to be on? And the answer is, if you look on the, on the left-hand side, that's the incidence of COVID on the right-hand, and then the blue line, which is pretty flat. That that's people who had the vaccine. The red line, that's people <laughs> who got who got the who got the saline. And the black dots, those are the ones who got really, really sick. So you really want to be on that blue line, not that red line. Gotcha. And you can see that, that interestingly, we they actually did test people. Some people came in and then blew on the second dose. So they have a little bit of data about people who only took one dose over the course of time, it was 105 days. Uh, and that they were 82% affected, uh, 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 protected. But um, interestingly, also had a huge sample of people. Everyone got uh, tested between the first and second dose. And there, between first and second dose, on a short-term basis, you're only 52% affected. Okay. Which is why we really want you to take that second dose. Uh, but, but when you look closer, what's interesting is you get a separation after about day 12. So if you take this vaccine, for goodness sakes, don't go out and party on day one. <laughs> you're not protected. <laughs> you just are going to get killed. <laughs> You know, you're you're just asking for trouble. Wait until at least day twelve, and preferably wait for about four weeks. Right? Wait until you had the second one, and then another seven days after that, because that's the official test. We did what we did is we said, okay, take one vaccine, take take one one shot on, on the Pfizer stuff. Uh, wait twenty one days, take the second shot, then we wait seven days and we look. So you got twenty eight days under the Pfizer shot. Gotcha. Moderna did a little bit differently. They they did they did one dose, 
you wait 28 days, not 21 days. And then they waited 14 more days before they did the analysis. So for Moderna, they get the full effect. You're still at 94%, but you got to wait six weeks. For Pfizer, four weeks. So if you have a choice and you're really concerned about the timing, I don't know, I want to protect yourself faster, five years slightly better. Okay. So this is what Bob was talking about. And you can see, sure enough, day two, man, you feel like crap. About six percent of the time, you're going to feel really tired, headaches, chills. What's interestingly, though, interestingly that even just taking a shot gives you a lot of these. Symptoms. Right. So you got to take those out. Statistically significant was the fever, the headache, and the muscle pain. That was significant. The other pieces were similar to the placebo effect of just getting a, a shot of uh, saline. Uh, although you should you should get ready to feel a little bit tired out. Uh, that's what happens, and you can see that this is the difference between uh, people who are over who are older, like us, like me at least. Uh, uh, it's it's you know you're you're talking about a forty percent number instead of a sixty percent number. Okay. That's a pretty big difference. Um, uh, and the same thing's true about the second dose. You have a sixty percent number instead of a forty fifty percent number. What's interesting is that's reactogenicity, right? That means your body's responding to the, to the, to the va- vaccine. That's actually a good thing because the vaccine cannot give you this disease. Uh, and it means your body's getting ready for the one that something that really could give you the disease. But we really look for serious adverse events. And this means, uh, you know, a shutdown of organ systems or a, a failure uh, of your cardio system, your nervous system. You're, getting, you're worried about cancer, the neoplasms. You're getting worried about other infections. And you can see that those the chances of that happening are, are one in ten thousand plus, um, and so that's really low. Uh, it's, a, it's a very high safety level. And what we look for as as, as clinicians in space is what is the relative risk? You know, is it better to get the disease and forget the vaccine, or is it better to get the vaccine so you don't get the disease? Now here's the numbers: risk of dying from COVID in the United States today one in a thousand, which is in which is vaccine. insane when you think about it. I know it's scary. It's the number one cause of death today. Uh, you know, number one. <laughs> just, geez, Louise, it, uh, it's, we just let it get, get away from us, and nature just is relentless. You know, and then the risk of dying from a vaccine. Right now, we think we might have about one. One sadly, me- medical doctor, twenty-eight, had an adverse event. Uh, healthy before, died within two days of getting the second vaccine. As I recall. Uh, that's one, and right now, 21 million people have had the, the, the vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine, and about uh, slightly less than that have had the uh, the, uh, uh, the Moderna vaccine. So it's we're we're getting to one in 50 million, one in 60 million kind of range of that, uh, versus one in a thousand. So if you have a choice, take the vaccine, uh, unless the doctor, your doctor says you're in a special, really, really special category, like a one in a million. Category. Gotcha. How long so, do um just like a normal, normal Joe. Cause I know like priorities are, you know, frontline yep. hospital, old people. At what point does like a 28 year old white male get it? Um, <laughs> I'm just curious because no, because it's yeah. a, is it, is it three months? Is it nine months? You know, that's kind of a. Right now we'll have enough material to vaccinate that person probably uh, in the, May timeframe. Okay. But our distribution system is so crappy that it may not actually get to that person until August. 
why don't they just have Amazon ship it? Usually That's two days, great, free right? Shipping. Dude, just, just get all of those. Get all the out of work venue people. Get like, dude, get oh, yeah. get all them up and running. They'll they'll not only have everybody vaccinated in a weekend. They'll sell T shirts and beer and make a fortune. It'll be great. <laughs> you're right. You're uh, you're right. I mean, there, there's some things we have to do to really speed things up. Unfortunately, this thing is a bear. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that in a second. The gotcha. Distribution, distribution turns out to be challenging. Anyway, great news. The so this is right now. All these things aren't approved yet. They're under what they call emergency use authorization. So you're authorized to go ahead and vaccinate, but the approval is going to take another six seven months until they, they get a, a full approval. But you can see overall things are going great. Vaccine is really a nice. Uh, uh, I mean, it's as good as the as as good as data as we can hope for in the space. There are some unknowns, and we'll talk about those, but I don't want to overwhelm the fact that we've got a hell of a vaccine. Right? We've got, we've got, there are some unknowns still. Uh, we need longer-term safety data. On the effectiveness side, we'd like to know about more about transmission, transmissibility. Typically, when you have reduction in uh, observed cases, uh, even mild cases, transmissibility goes down, but we want to make sure. Scalability, uh, we don't know how, where, where some of our limits are yet and whether we're going to have enough raw material in some cases, and we have durability questions. You know, it's only been out there eight months, so that's all the data we got. So with that, um, let's take a look at what happens when we start to combine two things that could go wrong. And this is a, a situation um, where we're going to look at efficacy. And the first question we got about efficacy is, okay, we checked things out, and we found out that, you know, we sent people out, and it turns out that we reduced the amount of disease, of symptoms. That's what our job was. We reduce the amount of symptoms. That's an easy hurdle to get. If you feel sick, you go to the doctor, take a PCR test, you got the disease. Then they say, okay, did we on the vaccine or not on the vaccine? Well, most of the time, 95% of the time, uh, if you were on the, on the vaccine, you didn't get sick. Uh, and you know, versus the, versus the guys who, 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 uh, had just the, the saline. So, um, what we want to find out though is whether or not you reduce transmission or not. And you can see the difference here. If you've got a 95% reduction in symptoms, you can see the purple line. And you, you get to herd immunity. You start to get a reduction in cases, but not as fast and not as smoothly as if you've got reduction in transmission. The other big reason that if you know that you're reducing transmission is you don't have to wear your mask anymore. You get the vaccine, you no more masks because you're reducing. You don't have to worry about transmitting anymore. That Wait a minute. huge to know. Wait a minute. Does that mean I can't assault people at Costco anymore on the weekends? <laughs> No, what it, what it means is we don't know yet. We don't know yet. But if they, if uh, we, we, we hope that if we really reduce transmission as well as just symptoms, that we can start to say, okay, you get the vaccine. Great news. You're not going to get sick. Plus, we're not going to give it to anybody. We still have to do the, the, the work, though. We haven't demonstrated this. We're probably going to know more about this in April. And unfortunately, we won't know quite as carefully as we do with the really carefully controlled clinical trials. We're going to have to look at it in real life. That means we're going to have to look at you know, what was the transmission rate in this old age home where we had about 100 of the same kind of patients versus this where we get, that weren't vaccinated in this other one? Um, and so we're going to have to look at real world data. And that's always a little bit tricky. But you can see the difference in, in, in lives saved uh, for this year. If we have a symptoms only vaccine, about 200,000 lives will be saved. Uh, and if we have symptoms plus transmission, probably about 350,000. And that's huge. It turns out the transmission really, really pushes uh, we can go through some of the math eventually if you want to. I can show you in detail, but it pushes the exponentiality, right? Symptoms are, are more linear, but transmission is is, 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 is something that 
is nonlinear and actually grows very, very rapidly. So if you hit transmission, you're really much more effective than if you only hit symptoms. The other thing that could go wrong simultaneously to the transmission question is durability, right? It might be that we have to take one of these things like we have the flu every year because we start off with a great uh, with a great protection and then it slowly degrades over time. Now, we've just done a big study in San Diego on this, 186 samples. We, we don't think that's the case, but we, you know, we don't know. Uh, and so we're still figuring this out. Uh, and the epidemiology community and biology community is completely split. Some of them say we're going to be fine for life. Other, oh, it's just a, with a single vaccine. Other people are saying, ah, it's probably going to be every year or so, every two years. So it's uh, pretty much down the middle, 50-50. So we're going to have to find out. It's the only time will tell us if so. But basically, you can see across the top, we've got flu that lasts only about 150 days. Uh, SARS lasts for about two years. MERS lasts for four years. Interestingly, you've got something in the middle. There are four other coronavirus families. They only last for about a year. Uh, so SARS and MERS are, are, are closer to what we are worried about, uh, have with our, uh, with our COVID. Uh, but we've got the four other things that only take every year you got to get revaccinated for. And then measles get vaccinated once and you're good for life. So now, now what causes that, that big difference in the time frame? Like, is that because of how quickly they mutate and change and all that stuff? Yeah, there, there are two things. First is the host condition. Sometimes your immune system just gets tired and doesn't, doesn't decide not to support those antibodies. And then, then, they, then, there's a vaccine, then there's a virus component that says, okay, I'm going to mutate around and I'll find my way through and eventually weaken the vaccine. Those are the two options, basically. And, we, and sadly, we don't know that much about the immune system. You know, when, I was in, when I was in college, we were just finding out a lot about it. <laughs> that doesn't seem so far along ago, frankly, but it was about to be 40, 50 years ago. But <laughs> I thought it was pretty modern at the time. <laughs> so we don't really know that much about the immune system or that much about durability, frankly. We're still finding out things every day. Um, but that, those that told you, you've got efficacy and durability, they come together. What could happen? What could go wrong? Well, here's what things should look like, right? You've got great uh, vaccine efficacy. We know the threshold needs to be about more than 85% efficacious to get to, to get herd immunity. And durability and acceptance, and you, it'd be nice to have that high, right? More, you know, hopefully more than a few years so that once you get it, you don't have to get it all the time. So if the vaccine efficacy is low and the durability and acceptance rates are low, you're going to be in pandemic. Even if you got a vaccine, you're still going to have issues where you've got flare-ups and you've got people, a lot of people sick, right? Low, low efficacy with low durability and acceptance. If that, start, if that efficacy starts to go up and you get higher and higher efficacy, what happens is you're, you're able to reduce the number of outbreaks you've got until finally it sort of bubbles along and you have outbreaks. Bubbles along and have outbreaks. And that's the way it, it looks when you've got a very highly efficacious vaccine, but not very much durability. So every once in a while, I see a flu outbreak. You see right. these outbreaks occurring. That's what happens in those situations. And on the other side, you can have a very low efficacy, but your your people, everyone's taking the vaccine. The pie is good. The durability lasts forever. And that what happens then is we basically have sort of low grade fevers and stuff that you know bothers you. And we have this for yellow yellow river uh, yellow fever, for example. Others where you've got it's, it's endemic. Uh, the vaccine sort of sixty percent protective, not, not great, not not but 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 you know. Uh, acceptance is pretty high in those areas, and so we, we're basically managing with lots of different drugs together, lots of different vaccines together, uh, and we're, we're, we're talking people were uh, doing MPI work with. In this case, we're uh, they're worried about they're, they're worried about uh, effluent, but in our case, worried about you know uh, about with, 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 with uh, the lungs. So what's great is if suppose you get a really high vaccine efficacy and you got really great durability, and we've got that chance, right? Then you're in that green box eradication opportunity. Now. 
um, there, there are sort of two options you can have with a big country. First, you can decide we're going to get rid of this thing. No one's going to have, we're not going to have any problems anymore with this COVID thing. And there are countries that are trying to go for that, right? Australia's going for that. New Zealand's going for that. China's going for that. Taiwan, Korea, they're going to go for eradication. They don't want any, any part of this anymore. We probably can't get there. You know, it's going to, we got too much of this stuff in our space for the short term. Even if we got a really super effective vaccine, even if everybody takes the thing, we probably can't get to eradication for years and years because of how high the level is. Well, yeah, and you've, you've talked about some of the challenges with that before with, you know, the, and again, it's the, uh, the acceptance part more than anything else. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, we, uh, yeah, exactly right. And so basically, you know, what's interesting is there's going to be a difference between if you go to a country that's really into, into eradication, they're going to be really sticky about whether they're going to let you in or not. So if you want to go and visit Taiwan, you're going to have to go through all kinds of hurdles to get in. Versus if you're just trying to go to Britain, I'll say, sure, you know, come on in. You're about the same level we are. <laughs> Clearly, uh, which is how it wound up in Ann Arbor. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Come on in. It's fine. <laughs> the water's great. So, you know, there'll be a little bit of a difference in your behavior. We'll go into that in a second. So here's the pathway, right? The pathway is right now we're sort of in that lower red corner where we've got, um, we don't have very individual vaccinated yet, but we have a really, really great vaccine. So we're moving up that blue curve and we're getting to yellow probably around May where we're going to have outbreaks, but there'll be enough people vaccinated that we're going to start to see a decrease in the, in the amount of COVID. And then finally, when more and more people get it, we could even be in the control region, um, you know, well, we'll see what happens, but I think, you know, depending on some things, we could even control region by the end of next year in certain areas. I don't think we're going to get there that fast for the whole United States. But gotcha. Okay. Areas, right. So here's what, uh, now let's take a look at that box and eradication opportunities. You can see that basically uh, we're going to, you're kind of, even with a great vaccine, if you don't, if not enough people take it, you're going to be in a kind of controlled pandemic uh, instance where, you, you, the, the vaccine doesn't work quite quite well enough. You're not distancing enough. You're not doing enough other stuff, and you're going to continue to have, you know, a, a pandemic environment with, with spikes every once in a while. Uh, but it's not going to. At least you won't have to worry about ha- a million people die. It's more like, you know, two hundred, three hundred thousand people. Oh, is Which that is all? Better. Yeah, it's better. <laughs> it's, be- it's better. better. <laughs> uh, but you know, you you hope we're going to get out of that box, right? Then you could have recurring COVID outbreaks where you've got really a great vaccine, um, but you don't have very good durability. You don't have enough people taking it. And so you're going to have, you know, people suddenly realizing, oh, you know, the Hasidic community suddenly has a huge outbreak or, you know, Southern California has a huge outbreak because we didn't realize that people who are migrant workers who are working in the fields were bringing it into the cities. And we had that problem already in California. And, you know, that, that could happen uh, there. Uh, or we could have just recurring low-grade symptoms where you got a quite, you got pretty good control, but you need to still have a, quite a bit of medicines to kind of help you out through all these symptoms of sniffles and colds and headaches and fevers. But you're not getting sick and, and overwhelming in hospitals. Or you could even, even get normalcy. And there, uh, you know, that would be great. Now, here are the things that could happen. Uh, I was talking about the fact that you need to kind of have a, you know, the, uh, several things happening at once. You know, you've got problems with Durability and safety. We've got problems with uh, we've got, we've got scalability issues. Plus, we've got some uh, efficacy issues. When those things start to come together, and and, and, the, and the vaccine, and the vac, and the vac, the virus actually kind of beats us in two or three of these quadrants simultaneously, then you got to start to worry about whether you're going to get what they call drift. And that's what this looks like. You got a great vaccine in that upper right hand corner. What could go wrong? And the answer is well, if you've got a lot of mutations, it could move you from 
from uh, one that you've got a one vaccine that worked really well to having needing several vaccines or tweaking the vaccines or having quite a right uh, that, that so that you're uh, going after the different parts of the mutation that are that are problematic in your part of the uh, part of the world. So you might, for example, go to Africa and they say, well, you're going to Africa, they've got this part of COVID, so you're going to have to have a different vaccine because you want to go and visit that, for example. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dave. No, I was going to say, so I mean, so, I mean, like basically what I'm seeing here is that we have the potential to get to like kind of where we are with the flu today, where like yeah. last year, a bunch of people got together in a room and said, okay, we think it's going to be family A, strain one, family B, strain two, Go ahead and mass produce those and go. Yep, yep, that's right. Now, unfortunately, the flu is more predictable because we see it in birds first, then it moves to humans. On this case, we have to actually monitor the genetic sequence of the uh, of the virus much more carefully because it's not moving between avian and, and human uh, population; it's moving human to human. And at that point, you need to understand exactly what you're dealing with with genetics. Not, gotcha. Not, not with I always thought humans were a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> one of nature's so, mistakes we, well, we usually are so then, then you got the issue where suppose you don't have very much mutation but the immune response varies over time right suppose the elderly people have to take this you have to take three or four shots where the young people only have to take one or if you've had certain diseases or you're heavyweight or you've got diabetes you might have to take more doses than others uh and you have to constantly sort of monitor whether your a- antigen levels Actually, your antibody levels are up high enough, right? You're going to take a little test and say, oh, we're really sorry, but you know, you're not quite there uh, yet. You're not really as protected as you want to be. So we're going to have to give you a booster. And you're constantly, you know, sort of monitoring that, getting a booster, right? Because it's, it's still a good vaccine. Mutation rate's low, but your immune response, you know, is, isn't as durable as you're hoping. And then finally, you could be in a situation where both those things happen. And then you're talking about lots of vaccines, lots of disease variation, um, you know, all having to come together to help protect us the group, even as you start off with one vaccine working for everybody. Gotcha. So you can't have this drift that occurs. So here is what our Achilles heel is, right? Everyone has sort of a weak spot. And our weak spot is something that we actually have to do, and that is that every antigen that we're using, so every vaccine basically uses the same antigen. If you, take it, if you look at that little spike protein, there's a, there, there's a, there's a stalk, and, there's a, and then there's, a, and there's two big areas. Uh, that, 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 that are occurring in the stock. The first is the binding domain. That's the whole area that on top there that, that where it sticks to our cell. And then there's actually the binding motif. And that's actually where the cell to cell interaction occurs, uh, at the, uh, ACE2, uh, binding site, which is, is uh, happening in all of our, all of our, all of our, well, most of our organs and, and cells in our organs. So we have, uh, gone and we've decided, you know, that spike, that's gotta be consistent, right? It's going to have to fit a very particular kind of configuration. So we know that's going to be conserved. So let's go after that. And, and we actually have to do that. Uh, if you don't, uh, you can get bad adverse events because you're going and binding different parts of the virus that changes its configuration, can change its whole behavior in the body. So you actually do want to go after the spike. The issue is that if you look at all of our medicine, all of our diagnostic tests and all of our vaccines, they all go after this spike. I see. Yeah, we're all, we're kind of hoping that that never changes. <laughs> and if that never changes, we're in great shape. So that's what we're hoping. That would be the assumption, right? Go after that spike. And there's two, there's the N terminal. Uh, that's the NTD. If you look in the upper uh, left-hand corner of that, of that, of the more enlarged diagram and the RBD, that's the binding domain. Uh, and 
that is what they call the S, that's part of the S1 part of the uh, spike protein, and they have the S2, which is that rest of that big piece. Uh, okay. All that other piece. So AstraZeneca decided to take that whole thing and, and reproduce it, and that's the mRNA you're getting from AstraZeneca. It also, it's, a, it's the same RNA strand you get for CanSino. It's the same you get with, Sput, with the Russian vaccine, uh, Sputnik. If you get eventually Clover and Novio get uh, introduced, as, 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 that's the same thing. It's just this full spike protein. Um, and for Moderna, Pfizer, J&J, Novavax, and Sanofi, we're using the same thing, except we're, we've got a couple of extra prolines. You can see the, the, the K986P and the V987 proline. It, they're there to stabilize it a little bit so that it, it, uh, it's, uh, it's more reactive. Uh, the Novavax and Sanofi also have a stabling, uh, link between the NTDRBD and the, and the, uh, the, the S1 and the S2. They call that the fold in the middle there, and that that, that fold is being uh, supported more so that the antigen uh, is is more reactive and, okay. and more stable. That, but you can see that in every case, the reason Moderna and Pfizer are pretty much the same is because they're pretty much the same <laughs> you know, in right. terms of results. That's what you're getting. So that that's just so everybody knows these are very very similar uh, responses that we're looking for in the medicines and vaccines. Hey, that's a wrap for part one of this episode. Make sure you pay attention and grab part two as well. 